The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. The Pet Buzz gives you the latest 411 on everything pet related. Everything pet related. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic Pet Duo. Hello, 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 and greetings from the Pet Buzz Studios. You know, for me this week, it's been really a rough week. Um, as you know, I lost my dog, Hannah, and I got her ashes back. And, you know, Ty now is my oldest dog. He's my English toy spaniel. I use it in a lot of my TV shows. And he just seems to be aging at an alarming rate. And But I found a hero. I found a hero to pull me out of my funk. So I want to thank her. Her name is Jeannie Tatum. Tatum is a Tennessee woman who jumped into the end of a frozen swimming pool to save her beloved rescue dog from going into hypothermic shock. She was actually in the house filming her two pit bull mixes frolicking in the snow at her at her home in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, last week. And one of them, that's the dog Sid, he slipped and plunged into the frigid water. Being the super dog mom that she has, Tatum frantically tossed her cell phone aside, hopped in the water up to her chest and began breaking the ice with her hands. She began literally chopping the ice in her pool. And at first she couldn't see Sid. So she jumped out of the pool and then she eventually saw him under the ice. And at that time he was going into a hypothermic shock. So she jumped in and she pulled the 50 pound pooch out of the four feet of water. I'm going to make sure I post the video on my social media channels because this is one of those amazing saves that you just can't imagine. So uh, I want to let Jeannie know that she inspires not only me, but so many of us out there. And it seeing her in action make us realize that as a dog parent, we will do whatever we can to save as well as keep our pets safe. So thank you so much for your courage and jumping in the water and inspiring us. But now let's kick off the show with the weekly countdown. So in segment four, we're talking with Cornell University College of Veterinary Medicine's Dr. Bruce Kornreich, director of the Cornell Feline Health Center about heart disease in dogs and cats. Three in seg three, Dr. Margaret Cochran, a nationally known mental health expert, joins us to talk about how she incorporated pet therapy into her practice. And in two, in this portion of the show, we are abuzz about celebrities and notables and their pets. And in Flex Facts, we're celebrating Black History Month. And in segment one, February is Pet Dental Health Month. And we ask our favorite veterinary dentist about some of the newest products on the market and if they're worth the splurge and joining us today to determine if we should spend our dollars and cents on a variety of pet dental products is acclaimed veterinarian acclaimed veterinarian and good friend of the pet buzz dr jan bellows bellows is certified by the board of veterinary practitioners both canine and feline since 1986 and by the college of veterinary dentistry since 1990. Dr. Bellows is past president of the American Veterinary Dental College, the Veterinary Dental Forum, and the Foundation of Veterinary Dentistry. And Dr. Bellows has won numerous awards and recognitions. Dr. Bellows, welcome back to the Pet Buzz. Great to be here. <laughs> so, Dr. Bellows, studies have even shown that sonic toothbrushes provide superior plaque removal, 
uh, these toothbrushes are pricing out from 99 bucks to 200. Is an ultrasonic toothbrush for a pet worth the splurge? Yes and no. The science behind it is, is great. I use it uh, myself uh, because the um, bacteria is kind of eliminated by what they call acoustic streaming rather than just wiping it away. So it, it, it's, a, it's a cool process. The problem is that the dog or cat will be fearful of the experience. And we're very much into fear-free and not cause anxiety. They would be afraid of the brush. So uh, it would take a lot of getting used to. And if you have a puppy or a kitten, sure, start it from the beginning and give them a treat uh, that related to the brushing uh, so they can have the experience. But sure, it'd be great, but not, not to start it on an older animal. Okay, so basically, you can go for the gusto, you can spend the bucks, but the most important thing is to train your dog to get used to it, right? And most important is to do something every day to control plaque. Okay, that's the key, every day. Every okay, day. so it's been said that pet dental toys have two key functions. Firstly, the toys encourage your pet to chew. Supposedly, the chewing action is said to stimulate a dog or cat's body to produce additional saliva, which can then again rinse away the food debris and bacteria. And secondly, the chewing action is supposed to clean the pet's teeth, removing plaque and tartar. Is this true? And should I spend anywhere from $3.99 to about $20 on pet dental toys? It is kind of true. Uh, the, the, <laughs> you know, the reason why it's kind of true is, is the philosophy is correct. Mm -hmm. The problem is that the products in most cases are not evaluated. So you could put anything you want on a a package, mm -hmm. freshens breath, cleans teeth, whitens teeth, uh, not made with any GMOs. I mean, what people are, are, are looking for, but there's only one organization, the Veterinary Oral Health Council, vohc.org, that evaluates dental products for efficacy, vohc.org. And this is a nonprofit organization made up of veterinary dentists that volunteer for their role there. And they make sure that the products that are accepted will decrease plaque and or tartar by at least 20%. And some of them decrease it by 15, 16, 70%. That's great yeah. advice. Okay. Sure. Next question. When it comes to anesthesia-free cleaning, which ranges from about $100 to $300 at the groomer, is it worth the money? No. Why? And the, and, <laughs> and, the, and the main reason is because they're taking off, and they're very good, uh, the folks that, uh, many of the folks that do it, but they take off the plaque and tartar from the crown of the tooth. And that's not where the disease is. The disease is below the gum line. So what you need to do is get a curette below the gum line, and that's done under general anesthesia so the pet doesn't feel it at all. Plus, it's impossible to take dental x-rays, which shows what's going on below the gum line. Start with preventative care. Dr. Fleck, did you notice how he really wanted to give that maybe answer? But then he covered himself. <laughs> Dr. Fauci. I mean, I know, I know. So you had one last question before we wrap it okay, up. With yeah, Dr. this Dan. is what our listeners really want to hear. What's the best way to take care of our pet's teeth? The best way is to daily wipe the teeth. And your veterinarian or online 
you can get wipes. I like the ones that look like handkerchiefs. Uh, they're put out by Dectra, D-E-C-H-R-A. It's called Vetrident. And it's not so important what is in the wipe. It's the actual friction and the fact that you can throw them away every day. In cats, the best thing is a Q-tip dipped in tuna water that is rubbed against the gum surface. The tuna water doesn't do anything medically, but cats seem to like it. But the key is that plaque builds every day. That's why you brush your teeth twice a day. And at least once a day, twice would be better. Attack your pet's plaque. Wonderful Great advice. Absolutely. Simple. And that doesn't, wipes don't cost a lot of money. No, 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 no not at all. Really don't. And you get to throw them away. It's not like the finger brush or the brush. Cause you know, yeah. it's kind of like the bowl. A lot of times people don't wash the bowl or wash the brush. So just to, just to reiterate, that's a dental wipe or is that just a, a wipe? dental wipe? Dental wipe. dental wipe and stay away from hard bones or antlers or bully sticks or anything that doesn't significantly bend because that breaks dog's teeth. That was Stereo your emphasis last year. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Good great. Hey, Dr. Bellows, Good. thank you so much for joining Thanks. us. What a great interview. Thank it you. Was, it was a maybe interview. A maybe. <laughs> maybe it was a good interview. Maybe. No, it was a great interview. It was a great interview. I liked all the maybe answers. You know, it's, there's always an exception. So although Pet Dental Health Month is in February, it's important to care for your pet's teeth throughout the year. To learn more about veterinary specialist Dr. Jan Bellows and his practice, visit allpetsdental.com. Bet you can't wait for Celebrity Pet Buzz and Flex Facts. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use the Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Tever Pet knows there's a lot in your life that you worry about. We want to make sure your pet's flea and tick protection isn't one of them. Tever Pet offers vet quality flea and tick protection that has the same active ingredients as leading brands like Canine Advantix 2 and Frontline Plus, but that cost much less, which means you can give your pet total flea protection worry-free. And the best part is you can get Tever Pet flea and tick topicals delivered right to your door when you shop on TeverPet.com. Tever Pet, helping you and your pet live your best life. When your doctor recommended omega fatty acids as a daily supplement, he told you that they promoted better heart, brain, skin, joint, and immune system health. Well, doesn't it make sense for your pet to have the same health benefits? EpiPet Whole Fish Treat, an all-natural smoked fish supplement, is 100% bioavailable, bringing your pets the nutrients they need to keep them healthy and happy. We first heard about EpiPet at our local rescue shelter where our family adopted Lucy, a 10-year-old yellow lab. She was in tough shape, but we noticed within just a few days how soft and thick her coat was getting. She has more energy now, loves to chase her favorite tennis ball, and most importantly, how happy and healthy Lucy is now. We could not be happier. Thanks, EpiPet. To order better pet health for your dog or cat, just visit epi-pet.com. That's epi-pet.com. 
Thank you so much for joining us on the Pet Buzz this morning. This show is hosted by the dynamic pet duo. I'm petrendologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. So let's kick off segment two with celebrity pet buzz. You know, as much as we love to buzz about celebrities and notables, sometimes we just need to clarify the gossip, the pet gossip that we hear circulating on social media channels. You know, dog owners were also like everybody else buzzing about Ted Cruz's trip to Mexico. It seems that Senator Ted Cruz boarded a flight to Cancun, Mexico, while millions of Texans were without water, heat or electricity during this past winter storm. After hours of speculation, it was confirmed that Cruz was on a trip. Cruz said he he flew to Mexico for the night to drop off his daughter's on a trip with friends, and he later called the trip a mistake while his constituents were home freezing and suffering. Uh, so one uh, Houston-based journalist, Michael Hardy, drove to Cruz's home to confirm that he had lost power and kind of wanted to know what was going on at his house. Was it like everybody else's in Texas? So he posted a photo of Cruz's dog, Snowflake, looking through glass in the front door, and this led many people online to accuse Cruz of leaving his dog home alone in in, in the freezing house. Well, while or on or near the premises, Hardy heard barking and saw a small white dog looking out the bottom right pane of glass in the senator's front door. So he was curious. Had Cruz left his dog behind, he wrote? Well, as he approached the house to knock, a man stepped out of an SUV parked in the driveway. The man said he was a security guard and confirmed that it was Cruz's house and that the senator was not at home. When asked who was taking care of the dog, the guard volunteered that he was. So Hardy wrote, he was rest assured of the dog's well-being and that uh, and the journalist, you know, went to went to his car. But before leaving, he took a picture of the house from the car window, making sure not to include the house address. Well, contrary to media reports out there, we all know that Snowflake was not left alone and was never in peril. But I can see how so many people would get irate about that situation, not only because Cruz went to Mexico and the optics looked horrible of him carrying that big suitcase and going down to Mexico while so many of you uh, Texans were suffering. But really, you know, they always say never leave your dog behind. And I mean, I believe he did get a return uh, of, of electricity prior to going down to Texas. But, you know, pet owners are passionate. We feel and we don't want any dogs to suffer. Okay, now what you all have been waiting for, we're going to do a little bit different flex facts. So many of you know, in February, we celebrate Black History Month. And here at the Bet Buzz, we want to highlight some notable African-American veterinarians and their contributions. So let's start with Kirksey Curd, who was born in Kentucky and was Cornell's at Cornell University College of Veterinary Medicine's first African-American veterinary graduate after receiving his DVM. That's the veterinary doctor of medicine in 1912. Believe it or not, he entered medical school at the University of Pennsylvania and spent the remainder of his professional career as a practicing physician at the Frederick Douglass Memorial Hospital in Philadelphia. So that's kind of interesting. He went from vet to doctor, maybe the first time he couldn't get into vet school. I mean, places, uh, schooling, uh, there's still some segregation, especially in the South. But um, so we're going to move on and we're going to talk about uh, Dr. Lloyd Mobley. So Dr. Mobley served in the Federal Meat Inspection Service and was an officer in the U.S. Army Corps during World War II. He was appointed head of the Department of Anatomy at Tuskegee. 
And one of Dr. Mobley's greatest contributions was to introduce the use of intramedullary pin and other devices in repair of long bone fractures. So it's always nice to hear about achievements people have made. Okay, now we're going to talk about Dr. Douglas Patterson. Dr. Patterson was identified as one of the most influential Black veterinarians in U.S. history, according to historical research conducted by my uh, dear friend who, who passed a few years ago, Cornell University's uh, Don F. Smith. So Patterson, who was orphaned before he was two years old, he was raised by his older sister, who encouraged him to get an education. Dr. Patterson received his veterinary degree from Iowa State University and his doctorate from Cornell. And after becoming president of Tuskegee Institute, now Tuskegee University, in 1935, he overcame tremendous obstacles to establish a veterinary college for black students at the time when higher education in the South was generally segregated and there were only about 12 veterinary colleges in the country. So kudos to Dr. Mobley. Your achievements will always be remembered. And now there is Dr. Alfreda Johnson Webb. Dr. Johnson Webb was the first woman to graduate from the Tuskegee Institute School of Veterinary Medicine. Webb taught biology and mathematics at North Carolina A&T College and then went on to teach anatomy and coordinate the laboratory animal science program at North Carolina State University. She died in 1992. And, you know, we want to thank the student organization Veterinary Students One in Ethnicity and Color, that's called VOICE for compiling information about many of these important figures. We're going to post a whole list on our social media channels. So if you want to check that out, you can. But right now, we're going to encourage you to stick around. Stick around. Stick around with your pet because more of the pet buzz very soon. I bet you can't wait for my I Likey of the Week. Hey, did you know 2.4 million loving cats and dogs in shelters and rescues need our help to find a home? Let's go to the shelterpetproject.org and meet a few are in a shelter near you. Harlow. Oh, she's one great listener who loves to hear all your stories. My kind of cat. Shrulo is a sweet, goofy boy who's eager to please. Sounds just like another dog I know. So go to the shelterpetproject.org, search your local shelters and rescues, and go for a cuddle with your next best friend. Adopt. I'm petrinologist Charlotte Reed with a healthy pet, healthy you tip. There are many reasons that you might have to shelter at home with your pets, such as unsafe air quality, dangerous roads, and or high winds and flying debris, but you have to be prepared. So here are some suggestions. Make sure your pet's inside. If it's unsafe for you to be outside, it's unsafe for him too. Know the location of your pet's emergency go bag. It should have already been stocked with extra food, water, first aid kit, and other essentials your pet needs. Take your pet with you to a room that's safe. The room's location is based on whether you are sheltering from a hurricane, earthquake, tornado, flood, or blizzard. If there's a wildfire, it's best to take your pet and leave the premises immediately. Bring a battery-operated radio to ensure that you can get updates from emergency officials, even if the power goes out and your phone or internet connection or down. If time allows, move your pet's favorite bed or blanket to your safe room so that you can make him as comfortable as possible until the threat passes. Since pets can get restless if cooped up inside in one room, bring items to keep them engaged, such as toys, games, and learning activities. Make sure your pet has a place to relieve himself. 
Keeping puppy pee pads on hand can be useful for this purpose, as can potty training your dog to go indoors. Have a few disposable litter boxes for cats, too. Make sure to have cleaning supplies on hand in case of an accident. Keep your pet away from the windows. Debris may be flying around during a storm due to high winds. In fact, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention says that flying debris is the most common cause of injury during a hurricane. Be ready for you and your pet to leave at a moment's notice. Keep your dog's leash, crate, or carrier and any necessarily travel gear near the exit. For cats, have a carrier or pop-up shelter and other essentials. Once gone, you can refer to your emergency evacuation plan. You know, pets know when there's panic in the air, so try to remain as calm as possible. This is pet trendologist Charlotte Reed with a healthy pet, healthy you tip. Stay safe. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? I love animals and want my pets to be healthy. So I asked our vet who recommended EpiPet Ear Cleaner. It's super simple and it even smells good. Every week I use it on both my dog and my cat to gently remove wax and debris. (laughs) I even told my friend Aiden to try EpiPet on his dog Sophie who always had red ears. But not anymore. Now we both have happy and healthy pets. Thanks, EpiPet. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, visit epi-pet.com. Thank you so much for joining us on the Pet Buzz this morning. As you know, the show is hosted by the Dynamic Pet Duo. I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. It's genius. It's to die for. I like it. Today, I'm going to bring out an oldie but a fave. It's that time of the year when garden centers throughout the country are filling up with flowers for consumers to buy in landscape and plant in their gardens. But if you have a pet, you need to watch what you plant. You guys know I graduated from the Master Gardener Program here in the state of Florida recently, uh, actually last week. And it's important to know that some plants are poisonous, some have thorns, and you don't want your pet to get hurt. And since so many pet owners have moved from big cities and others have developed an interest in gardening during the pandemic, I want to suggest a good book for you guys. It's going to be very helpful. You'll refer to it year after year. And for those who want to get out and get their garden on, I want you to check out Cheryl Smith's Dog Friendly Gardens and Garden Friendly Dogs. Uh, Cheryl has since deceased. She was a member of an organization. I'm a member of the Dog Writers Association of America. And Cheryl was very dedicated to uh, helping pet owners uh, have successful lives with their dogs. So in this book, dog-friendly gardens and garden-friendly dogs, you're going to learn which plants, grasses, chemicals, and materials are pet-friendly and what dog training and management tools are garden-friendly too. The book is about $19.95 new, but you can always buy it used as low as $1.68 plus, of course, shipping, and that's both on Amazon. And one last suggestion to you guys, buy the book, do a little reading before you hit the garden centers and start spending money. 
seems that our next guest is on the phone. Animal-assisted psychotherapy, AAP, is a unique and expanding field in which mental health professionals incorporate trained therapy animals into counseling services. And joining us today to talk about animal-assisted psychotherapy, Dr. Margaret Cochran, a nationally known mental health expert, educator, and author who has been incorporating pet therapy into her practice for over 25 years. Wow. With the assistance of her therapy dogs, Dr. Cochran has been able to help a number of children and adults suffering from stress, anxiety, PTSD, as well as many additional emotional issues and disorders. Dr. Cochran, thank you for joining the Pet Buzz today. Thank you for having me. Okay, so Dr. Cochran, so glad you're joining us today. What does animal-assisted therapy focus on, and how is a therapy dog incorporated into mental health sessions? Well, a therapy dog can be incorporated in a number of different ways. For example, if someone is having a bad PTSD experience, post-traumatic stress disorder, one of the very helpful grounding exercises that my therapy animals can do is lay on their feet. It helps them bring them back to the room, remind them of where they are, and bring them out of the trauma that they're in. Another example would be uh, if someone has experiencing grief or anxiety, that I'll signal the dog to come over and they'll just sit by the person and they'll just pet them, put their head in their lap perhaps, or the person may just reach out and stroke them uh, and that makes their bodies produce oxytocin. Another uh, young person that I was working with was pretty much mute. He wouldn't talk to anybody, he was very withdrawn. He came in in a sweatshirt that was all zipped up so all you could see were his eyes, even his hands were contracted into the sleeves. And uh, my therapy dog at the time, her name was Selma, went over and just started poking him with her nose a little bit, you know, and I started chatting with him. And by the end of the session, he had his sweatshirt off. Selma was laying on her side and we were playing Uno. She was our table. So we were playing cards back and forth. And that's how powerful a therapy dog can be to bring someone who's so terrified, so uncomfortable in the world out and to be present. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I like, like that. I think it's that engagement yeah. of being able to you know, talk to the dog. And I, I'm just curious, do you ever, I know some therapists and you, you actually, and I talked about this about a week ago, some therapists, um, they talk about the dog's history and they try to see if there's some commonality between the dog and a particular condition. Maybe the dog was a rescue. I think you have rescue dogs, correct? Yes, correct. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you talk about the dog? Do people ask about the dogs a little bit? Well, generally, when a patient first comes to see me, there's an introduction process. And I introduce myself, of course, and then my dog. And I explain where they came from, how they came to be with me, uh, what issues they may or may not have had. And first of all, it's an icebreaker, for one. But the other is that it often makes people feel comfortable. Oh, this dog has needed help and is here to help. And it really helps make that connection about putting all those pieces together. Cool. So, so what are the psychological and physiological effects of therapy dogs on your clients? Oh, my goodness. They are legion. It reduces anxiety. It makes people communicate better. It provides comfort. It reduces boredom. You know, a lot of people come in, especially now with COVID, and they're feeling really flat and uninterested in life. And my dogs just bring them back. You know, they're back in the room. They're back in like life. <laughs> Um, they, uh, they help lower anxiety, blood pressure, they help lower blood pressure. Um, they reduce loneliness. A lot of folks now are very isolated and coming into the office 
um, when we're able to, uh, helps them reconnect and uh, feel part of the world again. It also can help a lot, believe it or not, with diminishing pain that people experience. I just think of like sitting there, listening to Dr. Hawker and having a session, being able to pet one of her dogs. Yep. And Think about us, what we thought when we watched uh, President Bush at his funeral and the, mm-hmm. and the golden yeah, retriever Sully, sitting in the front. Labrador. Or was it a lab yeah, that was sitting Labrador. in front of the uh, coffin, the effect that it had on all of America. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we were in your room was, that way, yeah. being psychologically affected. Yeah, you're right. I mean, absolutely. People were like overwhelmed. I, mean, I was I think, overwhelmed. And the emotion. I mean, and you also got to see the dog that had emotion who was just sitting there. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it's great. OK, so talk to us about how you incorporate therapy dogs into your work. Well, it's interesting because not only am I working with my therapy dogs here in the office, but I work with them out in the community. For example, I will go to a cancer treatment center or I'll do rounds at the hospital. I'll see uh, post-op patients who are, who are safe to be around animals. Uh, it helps perk them up, bring them out of you know, where they are. Again, it helps with pain reduction. When you touch an animal, when an animal touches you, your body releases a powerful hormone called oxytocin. And oxytocin is a feel-good hormone. It's the bonding hormone. It makes us feel relaxed and comfortable and safe. And the really great news is not only do we feel those things, but the dog gets to feel them too, or the kitty or whatever you know other mammal we're working with. They also get the benefit. So it's a very positive, synergistic relationship and uh, promotes the health of both species. It's great. You know, I think of the ad that's on TV where the pediatric and the, the physician uh, is trying to perk up the the child mm-hmm. and the St. Bernard comes in and you just see the change in the, yeah. in the, uh, that's so great. Well, I, you know, I think Dr. Cochran is a pioneer in this, in this area. So it's, it's, it's nice to see her talking about that and, you know, really getting on that trend years ago, years ago. I get goosebumps just thinking, you know, and thinking talking about, to it. Her and about it. Yeah. Just, just thinking it's how many great. people she helps. And, and in a way it kind of makes that, that, that visit less threatening, you know, yes, the first time you, have, you feel like, you know, it's not, you know, at least in a confessional <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, you're uh, but seeing a warm person like she is and then seeing, you know, her love of the dogs yep. and interacting with the dogs. I think that would that's you know, that's a That's a win. Dr. Cochran, well, go ahead. Especially if we're talk- I'm sorry, especially if we're talking about difficult things, it can really help the person stay mm-hmm. centered and focused and able to hear in ways they might not be able to otherwise. Dr. Cochran, thank you so much for joining us today. What a great interview. The one thing we didn't get to mention is I always use pit bulls, and it's a really great ambassador for the breed. Mm-hmm. And I've helped a lot of people who have dog anxiety work through that because pit bulls are so scary, quote unquote, and they find they're really very loving, beautiful animals. That's a win-win. To learn more about Dr. Cochran, visit drcochran.org. So up next, global pet news. Stick around. So I just moved in with this family and it's embarrassing. The little one, he likes to go outside and crawl around in the giant litter box. I don't know what he's doing. I mean, I was born and I knew how to use the litter box. That's disgusting. I really hope he grows out of this for his sake. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt.
What would you do with two and a half more years with your dog? Two and a half more years of fetch, of walks, of love. Studies show that overweight dogs live two and a half years less on average than dogs at a healthy weight. But Slim Paws is here to help. Veterinarian recommended weight loss in one daily chew for your dog. Slim Paws, for the long, healthy life of your dog. According to the American Animal Hospital Association and the American College of Veterinary Dermatology, pets need sunscreen too. Use EpiPet Sun Protector, the only FDA-approved pet sunscreen on short-haired, light-colored, hairless, golden retrievers and other dogs susceptible to skin cancer. Contained in a sports bottle, EpiPet allows you to turn the bottle upside down, making it easier to spray your dog all over to protect your dog from the sun all day and every day. Visit epi-pet.com. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to say it all the time. We're urban, suburban, and country. And now, Pet Buzz News from around the globe. One of the things that everyone's been talking about as of late is attacks on Asians Americans. They're on the rise across the nation. Unfortunately, Sacramento recently had to confront this kind of crazy sick xenophobia. It seems that the owner of a Sacramento butcher shop is looking to help identify a man who left a dead cat in their parking lot last Monday night. So taken from a surveillance camera, the video, a video shows that after making a purchase at the meat market, a man eventually pulled out a box out of the bed of his pickup truck and dumped it in the parking lot. So the owner of the shop, Mad Butcher Meat Company's Kelly Shum, said that inside the box was a dead, mutilated cat. And the box was open so everyone could see it, she said. Well, Shum said that in the past, she's been reluctant to go public about incidents of discrimination. But with this incident, she posted the video on social media along with the description of what happened. She wrote, find him, please. Please help me find this guy. And according to one of the local council uh, members, uh, councilwoman in Sacramento, she said not only was animal violently abused, but it was used to threaten and provoke fear at an Asian-American business owner in Sacramento. Our city has committed to racial equality and justice, which means confronting the perpetrators of hate and acknowledging the trauma and suffering experienced by the victim. And she's absolutely right. I mean, This kind of behavior needs to stop. You know, we need to stop the madness. We cannot allow animal abuse and racism to exist and be paired together. It's it's more than dreadful. It's really abhorrent. So if you know who dropped off this mutilated animal in front of Kelly Shum's place of business, that's the Mad Butcher Meat Company. Please call the police and report this racist animal abuser. He needs to be judged and charged. So uh, on that note, we're going to move on. Okay, so February is American Heart Month, and it's important that every dog and cat owner is empowered to recognize signs of heart disease in their pets. Joining us today is Dr. Bruce Kornreich, director of the Cornell Feline Health Center and board-certified veterinary cardiologist at the Cornell University of College of Veterinary Medicine sharing some tips with us 
about heart disease in our pets. Thank you for having me. Dr. Cornrush, thank you for joining us. <laughs> it's one of those days here at the Pet Buzz. The audio goes up. All right, the guests you, are crazy. You, you, okay, you're with us now. Okay, so why are regularly veterinary checkups a key component in diagnosing and managing feline heart disease, especially if you have a breed of dog or cat that's susceptible? Well, thanks for having me, and this is a great question. It's primarily because we want to recognize and diagnose disease early. And in patients that are not showing signs of heart disease, examination by a veterinarian and auscultation, meaning listening with a stethoscope uh, and looking at heart rate and respiratory rate and things like this may be the first indication of heart disease. So we really want to uh, recognize these diseases early. So visiting a veterinarian is the best way to make sure that that will happen. Cats, what's the uh, signs of heart disease in cats? Well, signs, it's important to point out that many cats with heart disease don't have signs or symptoms, but if they do develop symptoms, difficulty breathing, elevated respiratory rate, exercise intolerance, lethargy, and sometimes collapsing. In some cases, a devastating sign can be the development of, of sudden onset of paralysis. If a blood clot that forms in the heart leaves the heart and goes out to the body and blocks blood flow, usually to the hind limbs. If that happens, that's usually not a good prognostic sign, um, but most commonly difficulty breathing, lethargy, exercise intolerance, sometimes collapsing. When the doctor is, is auscultating or listening to the heart with the stethoscope of a cat, does, does he or she always hear a defect in that heart, even though they have maybe heart disease? Well, up to 20% of cats that have heart murmurs don't have heart disease, but conversely, the vast majority of cats that do have heart disease have heart murmurs and or abnormal heart sounds on auscultation. Great. So I guess, especially with cats, you really do need to make sure you go to the veterinarian one to two times a year, get your, chat, cat, your cat checked out because Absolutely. you never know. The signs are almost not there unless the cat is, like you said, really have difficulty breathing, correct? That's correct. That's really, that's really is important because cats can mask signs of heart or they may not be showing obvious signs of heart disease to owners. It seems like typical with cats because, you know, it's like I shouldn't say this. They wear those diseases so well. They don't give it up. <laughs> right. They don't. Seem I, I would agree with that. I would agree. Cats. Uh, cats are good at hiding signs of disease. Absolutely. And that's why I wanted to point that out for our listeners, our cat listeners. It is really hard for us as practitioners to discover that there's heart issues. So thank you for helping us and letting them know that. Also. Of course, my okay. pleasure. Let's talk dogs. Let's talk dogs. What about dogs? Okay. Well, dogs ha exhibit many of the same signs, difficulty breathing, accelerated respiratory rate, lethargy, exercise intolerance, collapsing. The big difference and the primary distinguishing factor is that Dogs will often cough if they have heart disease. It's very uncommon for cats with heart disease to cough. Huh. So cats can't cough, but dogs can. Okay. Cats can cough, but they often cough for uh, non-cardiac reasons. I've never heard a cat cough. Have you? Ever, well, I guess you have. You're a vet. Yeah, but, <laughs> but that's my whole point in trying to diagnose heart issues with cats. It's really hard for us as practitioners. So pet owners, have some patience. I was going to say, to complicate the issue, a fair number of cats that, that have heart murmurs don't have heart disease. Conversely, the vast majority of cats that do have heart disease 
have murmurs or abnormal heart sounds on auscultation. You know, I think one of the things that's interesting is I think that unless you have a breed like a King Charles Cavalier that, you know, has questionable heart issues, people never really thought about it if in, in other breeds of dog, unless that breed specifically was known to have heart disease. I think one of the things that brought heart disease and heart issues to the front has started happening a few years ago with the pet food and dogs. And all of a sudden, everyone was talking about dogs, hearts, you know. Sure. And again, you know, there, there are many different types of heart disease. So, for example, the importance of having young animals uh, examined is that you can identify what we call congenital heart defects, which are defects, abnormal development of the heart and defects that are present at birth, as, as opposed to what we call acquired heart disease, which are diseases that occur as a patient uh, ages. And so King Charles Cavalier Spaniel being kind of the uh, unfortunately, the poster child, the poster poster child. child for uh, myxomatous mitral valve degeneration. That would be an example of a disease that would be acquired later in life. Yep. We see so much of it today because our pet industry, our pet people, our pets that we have as part of our family, they're all aging, just like us. Just so, like you. Just like me. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's important that it, it's nice to know that February is healthy heart month. Yes. But it's really important. This is you got to do it all year round. You got to check out your dogs and cats all year round. Absolutely. Be, be proactive about your pet care as you are about your own care. The earlier we diagnose diseases, the better the outcome. So I'm going to suggest that to learn more about Dr. Bruce Kornreich and heart disease, visit vet.cornell.edu. Perfect. And also check us out on Facebook and uh uh, give us a call if, if, if we can help you with anything. At the Pet Buzz, we heart dogs and cats, and I bet you do too. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. It's always too soon. It's too, we want to stay longer. We want to be with you longer. We want to be with your pets longer. So before we go, we want to give you a preview of next week's show. So next week, we're talking about dog-directed speech. We're going to find out what that is. I bet you're going to be doing it reptiles and other exotics and birds as pets and, and of course more there's always, there's always more on the pet buzz but we want to uh, thank our special guest dr jan bellows love you <laughs> dr margaret cochran and of course uh, a new star on our show dr bruce kornreich and of course we must always thank our sponsors the animal medical center of bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin coat and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere now, if you have a question, write us at teamatthepetbuzz.com. We'll cover it on next week's show. And, of course, if you missed any portion of the show, visit our social media channels as well as your favorite streaming channel and listen to the Link podcast on Monday morning. But here's the deal. We, we say this every week, too, but we're so serious about it. Most importantly, I want you guys to remember we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. So as I always say, peace out and pet love. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. Tune in each week for the latest 411 on everything pet related. Visit our website at www.thepetbuzz.com. Learn more about us, the show, and our guests.